Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to seanbeginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic, where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast with your host, Sean Geek, and his brother. Fast Fret Fingers. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Good. It's Tuesday. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Monday. <laughs> I had yeah. a couple, couple of Mondays this week. Ah, well, that'll, that'll drag it out to seem like it's still Monday. I'm on my new drink of choice. Coffee? Black. Oh, really? Coffee black. You used to be a tea drinker at one time. You didn't like coffee. I hated coffee. But um, peer pressure? <laughs> That's what it boils <laughs> down to. Well, I, 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 can't, I still can't drink tea. There's just something about it. Well, what tea, though? Have you had like a chai tea or... Uh, like a Earl Grey or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, Earl Grey's crap. Well, okay. I mean, it's not crap. It's it's tea for tea drinkers, but like a chai a chai tea is a tea for kind of non tea drinkers. I guess I find, oh, and it's healthier. Teas or, or green? No, is it green tea? This green tea is the best. Yeah. Yeah. But a black tea is not bad either, which is what chai is made out of black tea. Um, no people that make their own chai tea, which is awesome. So is that high in caffeine tea? Mm, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. See, yeah. with coffee, I always drank my coffee black, uh, still do, but I used to, to drink the, uh, the dark, yep. dark roast until I found out that the dark roast actually has less caffeine than the regular roast. Are we going to talk about roasting? No, I, I, we may have covered this before, but just because the way they roast the beans, I guess the more you roast them, the less caffeine they're in them, but the bitter, more, you know, it gets, it's bitter tasting. So it was like, well, oh, you're roasting oh, caffeine. I guess. Cause I, I was like max caffeine, max caffeine. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll take the dark. I figured, you know, it was stronger. Kind of like, uh, it's not like the rum. <laughs> it's not the same. If you're getting that black, you know, it's almost like black strap molasses rum. Uh, it's very potent, yeah. but you know, potent alcohol wise, but it doesn't, uh, it's not the same for coffee. A little different. I wonder if tea, I don't know how tea works. If the darker the roast or the darker the, the blend. Do, do they have a darker blend teas? Well, there's black tea. Okay. Which you make chai out of. Try to get black tea and like cinnamon and I always get cardamom. I like that hmm. cardamom. 
cardamom. But uh, yeah, I I'd switch to I'm still doing that um, fasting thing. So when you're fasting, you can't you can have water. Yeah, during the fast, and you're allowed to have coffee. But when I started, I was having coffee and I put a little sweetener in, not sugar, but sweetener. Cause I'm like, Hey, there's no sugar in it. So it doesn't really count. And right. Apparently it does count because it still triggers um, stuff in your body. This isn't one of those keto things, is it? No, you no, can't no. Have carbs. No, this is the Georges Saint-Pierre. Georges Saint-Pierre. Uh, yeah. The UFC guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm following his thing. When I play, I play Lotto 639 or whatever <laughs> thing he's doing now. <laughs> it's some, some casino thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need to do that. He's got lots of money. And he's, oh, yeah. But he's, he's got his suit on and he's, it's some type of casino. Yeah. All the people know that I play casino 365. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I, I, he retired. So, I mean, this is just kind of a side thing for him just to kind of keep him busy, I guess. Well, I've been keeping track of him because he's now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So, and he's been interviewed because he just did a Marvel thing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He's one of the main villains in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The next does show he, you have to watch before we watch Loki. Does he have the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, um, accent in the movie or in the show he's actually speaking french in the show a lot oh he speaks a little bit of english like a lot of fr- a lot of uh swearing or uh no, no no he's a badass in 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 marvel like they had him in the second captain america movie which was like i don't know not 10 years ago but quite a while quite a while ago and they brought him in to portray probably one of the worst marvel characters of all time and he made that character cool. Like in the comics, he's wearing, the guy's wearing like a gaudy purple and orange costume. Oh, kind of like uh, the cartoon version of uh, Aquaman versus yeah. the movie Aquaman. Yes. They, they yeah. kind of went from one end to the other. It's a great, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, because yeah. that's why, yeah. I'm trying to pimp out the characters now. Yeah, so they they he still has the colors, but they're muted. It's a muted purple, and I don't think you think he has the orange on there. But in the comics, he was one of the few guys that could keep up with Cap, fighting wise. Oh, so they brought him into the second Captain America movie as a as a threat. He was a French ter- not terrorist, but he was trying to steal. He was a th- he's a thief, and he practices savat which is the front art of footboxing <laughs> or whatever it's called. But I mean, George St. Pierre, he's like, isn't he, doesn't he, he fights with his feet a lot, doesn't he? I believe so. Oh, yeah. Kicks, right. So, yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool, but he comes in and she's like, Oh my God, this guy's playing bat rock. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> first off you get a UFC guy for starters in a movie mm-hmm. and right. usually wrestlers and, and fighters, are usually horrible in films, like generally, right? Like, and then secondly, he's playing well, they, probably the worst character in comics. Yeah, but then he oh. made it work, and it and they brought him back. Like it, it was it went over so well that they brought him back for, uh, for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, 
Well, I mean, UFC is, is mostly entertainment. It's like, it's like wrestling. I mean, they all have their personas, although he's kind of more of the, you know what? I don't really have a persona on myself. Seems to be that that was his thing. He wasn't like, you know, everybody had their, their badass kind of uh, persona. So he was just himself. But then again, the UFC is more of a gentleman's sport, which a lot of people don't realize. It's not where they talk trash a lot during, you know, uh, wrestling stuff and, you know, and, and they kind of keep the whole thing going. Whereas here, okay, you know what? These guys have trained, they're professional, they get in the ring, uh, they fight. Even after the the bell rings, you know, the guy will, you know, tap the guy on the shoulder, like, good job type thing. And and even after the match is over, like, they'll, they'll go over to the other um, trainers and stuff and congratulate them, shake their hands and, you know, give wow. the guy a hug and, you know, high five. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, that happens in wrestling, but that happens behind the curtain because they don't want the fans to see that. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's what a lot of people aren't aware of. And they're like, Oh, these are just a bunch of street brawlers getting together and, and fighting and, and whatnot. But they're, 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 it's a whole different, I was surprised myself when I saw that. I was like, well, what's, what's going on here? Like they're all buddies or yeah. Like a lot of them train together and, and stuff. And they're, they're you know, they're friends or they, you know, they keep in touch or they're, they're just, they're just good, better. I don't want to say manners. <laughs> they're just, it's just a whole different thing altogether. It's, it's a sport that's, it's kind of like, I mean, if you had karate, I'm sure they probably do the same thing. Like they do their, they do their, you know, their match and then they're done. Right. Yeah. And they do their bow respect thing. It's kind of the same thing. Cause all these martial arts, it's all kind of respect based. Right. There's a lot of, a lot of disciplines and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. A little different. A little different. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a couple things this week before we get launched into our topic here. Okay. Uh, I posted quite a bit on social media about my purchases. Very, very excited. So do you want to, you want to see what I bought? Sure. So people can't see this, but. Yep. Oh, okay. I did see that. Yep. So this is the last Bullet Boys release or the, not the last, but like the latest one it came right. out. It was probably a couple of years ago now. And this the the story of the bullet boys or especially mark torian who's the singer and only songwriter for bullet boys or he writes 95 percent of the songs um he's the only sole remaining member of the original line of the bullet boys and they did three albums together and then they split um the bass player stuck around a little bit and i think he kind of came and went but Mark Torian has been kind of carrying the torch for the band and keeping it going and, and trying different things. Cause bullet boys was lumped into that whole hair metal thing. Mm -hmm. And then, but they weren't really hair metal. I mean, they bored, they bored a lot from Van Halen, including their producer, Ted Templeman was their producer for their first three albums, I think. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they were like a different version of Van Halen in a way where, the singer kind of looked like David Lee Roth, except this boy could sing. Um, and the guitar player was like a muscular version of Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> he was all like <laughs> pecs and 
and biceps. Um, and, and they, they kind of had a, like a, they had, they had groove uh, because they're the, the singer. He actually, he was, he was, uh, he's part of the Motown family mm-hmm. and uh, he just was singing hard rock, you know? So there's a lot of influence in the music that you can hear is, you know, it's got some Motown, it's got some groove, it's got some James Brown. Um, so it, it's, it's really, really interesting. And the guy is a multi-instrumentalist too. Uh, he plays, uh, he plays percussion. The singer is, yeah. Singer is, yeah. He was, a, he's a guitar player. He played in King Cobra, which was a band from the 80s. I've Had, heard of it. Yeah, King Cobra was the uh, Rod Stewart's drummer. And it was basically the the band was built around him. And then King Cobra split up and a couple of the guys stayed together and made Bullet Boys. So anyway, so this album here. So after the third album of Bullet Boys, the band broke up. Uh, Mark Torian carried on the name because I guess he owned the name or he bought the name or he bought the other guys out or whatever the hell happened. Mm-hmm. And then he carried on and he released... Um, he released an album that was during the grunge time. So, you know, it didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And he just kept going and he kept adapting the music and trying different things. So the one during the grunge era was kind of had a bit of flavor of, of grunge in it. And then uh, he actually, it he actually quit the business and got a job as a courier because what else is he going to do? Right. (laughs) And his courier, I think it is courier. I could be getting some of this wrong. Anyway, his courier fired him or something and he fired him and he said, you're not a courier. You're a singer. You're the singer for bullet boys. What are you doing working for me? And it was the grunge era. So if you, if there was any remote sense of hair metal in you, no one was going to touch you with a 10 foot pole. Right. So he just, you know, retired, but he got fired from a job and his boss told him, go do your thing. Like do your thing. You're good at it. You're passionate about it. You're not going to enjoy working here. You need to go do your thing. So he did his thing and he, and he persevered and slowly rebuilt the bullet boys name up. So he, he released a couple albums called Sophie and Tencent billionaire. And it got some good, it got some good stroke. Like people were saying, Hey, you know, the bullet boys actually sound really good and they've actually evolved and they're keeping up. And then they released Elefante, which received that year. It was one of the best reviewed albums period. Elefante. E-L-E-F-F-A-N-T-E. Now that possibly might be their best album Hmm. it's not my favorite but it's probably their best album and it's better than anything like they're known for smooth and all that stuff right right that era of hair metal singing about sex and you know that sort of stuff and that's what they're known for and but that is not their best album elefante is probably their best album best produced best everything so it got it got really well 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 reviewed well rated everyone was like this is the bullet boys 
because this this is the shit like people were just blown away and it led to them actually getting signed to a major label nice and this is like 20 years later when everyone's like they're bullet boys is kind of a joke they were part of the hair metal era they weren't poison they weren't motley crew so nobody really cares right they weren't one of the you know the top five or top ten bands mm-hmm. but they never were a hair band they were a hard rock band with you know with aerosmith influence and you know zeppelin and motown and stuff like that but they just got lumped in because the singer had long blonde hair right and this you know the guitar player had pecs you know like that's they just got lumped in it's pretty right. boys so anyway so they get signed to a major label and they put this out from out of the skies which is a very solid album it's got mm-hmm. lots of different stuff on it um it's very very good and on the strength of this, um, somehow a reunion of the original lineup happened. Oh. So now we're probably not going to get any, any new Bullet Boys material. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah. the, the old guys get together. They want to cash in on the, uh, on the train. What's, well, what's the new name of that album you got in front of you? From Out of the Skies. From out of the sky. It starts out heavy, right? And they even have a song that's like almost like a dance song, which is actually pretty good. And they got these just beautiful, beautiful not ballads. I wouldn't call them ballads in the traditional sense. They're more folk, if anything. Like just, ABBA. What's that? Like ABBA. <laughs> ABBA. No. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's, it's good. Elefante's my favorite album of theirs is Sophie which was their sixth album, but you can't get it. It's you can't get it anywhere. I have a copy. <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. It's an illegal copy because you can't buy it anywhere. I keep trying to buy it. I keep looking everywhere to find it. I cannot find it. So on YouTube, Spotify, it, one of those. It, it might be on YouTube, but it's not on any streaming regular. It's not regularly available as a streaming album. Right. And I actually contacted them direct and asked them, but they never answered. Hmm. So this was my COVID CD or my vaccination CD. I listened to on the way there and on the way back to cheer right. me up, to kind mm-hmm. of get me in the mood, get me rocking, get me, you know, four on the floor and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and then I also picked this shirt up, which is Beaver, Beaver. Beaver's shirt. His, uh, merch came in so i went and met with beaver and we had a long nice long chat outside is socially distanced as we're supposed to be and uh picked up a shirt cool yeah so that was yeah that was my news nice so yeah so topic yeah. <laughs> which we were going to talk about last week but we ended up going long on something that was very very interesting i just edited uh on the weekend i was like this is a good fucking episode so what are we talking about todd well we've talked in the past regarding all these different game consoles and the pc and cross platform so you were playing this game um oh my god State of Decay. State of Decay Two. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you were saying that it's it's cross cross platform and actually uh, PC you can actually play. Uh, so I loaded it up, I bought it, 
loaded it up. And um, I guess because it's, uh, I don't know if it's an Xbox game per se, or are they, is it, was it exclusively Xbox no. pre- previous to this? No, it was actually, I think it was a PC game first, I think. And then they created an Xbox version. I think that's how that worked. Like for the first one anyway. Yeah. So the f- second version, they made it so that it's cross-platform. And we've yep. been talking about that and saying like the technology's here. Why don't they use it? And I come to find out after looking into it a little more, there's there's quite a few actual uh, games that are cross-platform. but And not a ton, but there's a good handful for sure. Yeah. Handfuls and- of games. Yeah, and I'm not a big, I mean, we've played Left 4 Dead 2 and stuff together, which was kind of the same idea as this, but instead of inside a building, you're actually outside. So it's like a sandbox kind of a Grand Theft Auto 5, but um, with zombies. And you're kind of out in the country. You're not really in the big city. Uh, the city's kind of like a country city. And uh, when it gets dark out, I mean, you see the red eyes and everything of the, of the blood plagues and stuff. So b- being a fan of Grand Theft Auto V, that uh, wasn't a very far of a leap to, to get into this one because it's pretty much the same thing. You still drive cars and stuff. Uh, and instead of, you know, you know shooting things or, or, or robbing banks or... or parachuting or flying or whatever it is you're pretty much just run over zombies and um shoot them and usually in the head because then they die like right away yeah headshots (laughs) are key yeah so i i started i kind of wanted to see what it was all about before we actually got together so i threw it up and then i i put some time into it just to see how this thing went and they give you kind of a base to start off with and then you have to find uh, yeah the tutorial base. yeah is pretty good like it walks you through everything yeah so you just go into different buildings and stuff and and get different gear you can get weapons and and building materials and first aid stuff and um, you start off with I think there's if you right click or sorry left click on the mouse it's a swing for whatever you have either a shovel or a crowbar Wait, or something or other button is that. Uh, for me, it's it's the left mouse button. Left mouse button, okay. And that or X button, which is the secondary important button on the Xbox controller. Right, and for the secondary item, which would be the weapon, you right click basically to aim, and then you left click to shoot. Okay. So if I just left click, click, click I can swing whatever I have in my hand. The right click will aim whatever weapon I have. And shoot so you can get crossbows you get shotguns you get sniper rifles and can you can you configure your buttons and change them have you looked into doing that or do you i you may not want to but well what i did well because when i'm on with you you can hear everything you can hear my the tv everything going on probably my when i'm chewing on uh chips and stuff so i went and looked to check it out and see there is actually a push button to talk so what i did is i went in there uh, and i uh, changed it and one of the side buttons on my mouse, I've configured it to do that so that okay. when I want to talk, um, then that's the way to do it. So oh, cool. this game, is, it is very nice. You don't need TeamSpeak or an external type of, um, of chatting thing like this or anything. So, because, yeah, because when we first did it, I didn't have anything set up. I didn't have my headphones with the mic. I just, you know, so I just have my headphones um, and I just kind of talk to you on the 
on the phone while we were doing it with one hand. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're doing I, one hand. I'm doing one hand. I'm, I'm trying to. I had mine up. nestled between my head and my shoulder. Yeah. But it was, it was cool because uh, with Grand Theft Auto, I don't have a bunch of people that I know that are on PC that can kind of join me in a game and do whatever. So this was, this was pretty cool in the, in the aspect that I was able to get together with, with yourself um, Mark and Sylvie, like just, it, it was, it was really cool. Like it, you, you jump into a car. I don't even have to do anything. I could just, you know, sit in there and take off and then go where we got to go. Uh, the only, the only thing that I would change in the game is being able to fire from the vehicle. Yep. That's, yeah. that's pretty much that the only thing huge. I would change. That would be huge. Yeah. And at night it is dark. It's not like, Oh, it's dark and there's street lights. No, no. It's pitch black. Well, I and, think too, I think there's something to do with the light, the level of light. I think it's a, a function, excuse me, of the game. I'm not 100% sure, but Mark and I were talking about it last night when we were playing, and it's, I think, your wits, which is your perception, mm-hmm. the way the way you're, like, it's, it's when every time you sneak up and kill a zombie, it's every time you open up a container, it's every time you're crouching, that's your wits. And I think the better your wits are, I think the better the light is. Oh. I think there's a correlation. Now, I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But it's still pitch black when, even after I've played the character for quite some time, it's at that is your, are, Is your changed. wits at like 14? Like uh, stars filled up twice? Oh, geez. I'd have to look. But I think the higher, well, the other thing too is the higher your wits are are the more things are visible on your map so when you go to your map and you want to see if you've uncovered stuff or if you want to see that there's a bloater in the distance or anything like that your wits controls how far out you can see so i thought it might affect oh okay so level. yeah yeah for that that i see like if i'm driving somewhere or i look at the map i can see a bloater or, or a blood plague like further up the map yeah in kind of green outline type thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I, I I do get that, but with Grand Theft Auto, like daytime, nighttime, it's like here, like the, the lights, street lights are on. It's mm-hmm. you know you can still see. Yeah. Whereas whereas there, it's like you know what? There's no street lights at all. It's totally black. The yeah. only light you're getting is from your headlights or from the light that you have on your body that you're casting out. So it's if you've ever played Doom. Oh yeah. Uh, it's kind of the same idea where they have the flashlight and then they try to scare the living shit out of you. With stuff jumping out and, <laughs> yep. but uh, this, but I think that's zombies, meant to scare. Yeah, that's the point. I think is, yeah, this doesn't have that. It's more of okay, you see them and they're coming. It's not like a shock value. They're not going for that cheap, you know, no, that that cheap shot. So, I, I like that. It's uh, I like running them over because I mean a whole horde. Oh, there's a whole horde coming. Okay, then I I turn my truck around and I just mow them down. <laughs> yeah. But then, then you get damage to your vehicle too. So you got to, like, I would play, we're playing, when I'm playing on the, the hardest level, mm-hmm. you hit a cut, you, you hit a couple of zombies. I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe more than a couple, but if you hit a few, a few, start um, to smoke, you start to smoke like right away. And like, that's, you know, that's the difficulty level. Like everything gets harder. It's, yeah, I've got it on normal, I think, right now. Yeah. But I've, I've made, uh, I mean, I've got, uh, oh, geez hand grenades i got some um some mines mm, mines are- i i killed um 
What's that? Uh, the the big big guy there. The juggernaut. The juggernaut. Yeah, I've run into him a couple times. One time I was actually I ran him over with the truck. Yeah. I was going so fast. I I took him out, and then uh, anytime after that, I tried to hit one. I couldn't do it. It just would stop. If you're going <laughs> at full speed, you might actually a normal level kill one. But to get the right speed to take a juggernaut out, it's pretty difficult. And on the harder levels, you're you're going to destroy your car before you take the juggernaut out. Right. So it's all about headshots. And but he, here's something that so like I've been playing this game since the first one came out, and I'm I learned something new. Sylvie learned something new. Okay. Um, the Brogan Trekker, which is one of the vehicles, which is sort of like a hatchback, kind of like a, not a Matrix, but it's a smaller car with a with a hatchback that opens, right? Yeah. And um, it says, like, if you actually look at the car and look at the stats of the car, it says the Brogan Trekker gives you better visibility out in the field. So if you're driving down a road, you're going to see more stuff pop up on your map. So, you know, when you climb up um, uh, like a tower to, to survey and yeah, it allows the... you to see like, like you've surveyed the area so you can see all the buildings on your map, the, the Brogan Trekker does the same thing. Unless you upgrade your Brogan Trekker, if you upgrade it, so it's like a, a tank of a car. You lose right. that. Oh. So all the cars have different skills as well, which I never even really thought about. Well, the one that you have, it's it's like a it's it's a truck and it's kind of all grilled up and stuff. Yeah. And I was, I was, so what I did is I, I created a second uh group. Oh in the front, that one? No, I have that one on the first on the first game that I have. I started a second group game. And I actually got that one that you guys have, that that bigger truck. So what I did is I went to the map, but I went down to the second map. Okay. And I ended up going to the corner office. Okay. And um, yeah, it's, it's a different, definitely a different area. Um, and it seems to be a little more active too than the first one what's in that map what like what landmarks uh there's a church there's a well that's the one with the there's, church. there's a fort on the bridge oh that one okay yeah yeah that's it's right that's, on the bridge it's right on the bridge yeah, yeah. Oh, that was another option but i didn't i didn't take that one it's not a bad base because it's central on the map so if you get a go to and the northwest or the north and, south or north yeah south. and you can only go from one into the other and apparently when i was reading to see which were the best ones to go to if you go in the middle of that base and you go you can see through the one door and you can see through the opposite door you don't have to go anywhere so if the zombies are coming in it's only going to come out either There's, one yeah. right because yeah. you're on a bridge it's not going to come out from anywhere else yeah a lot of the other bases have like four doors but yeah that's two so it is a smaller base it's like a it's the it's the first upgrade size because the first, the first size you have is like three or more. Mm -hmm. And then it's like five or more. And I think that's a five or more base. Yeah. Like there's a lumber mill and stuff. Like there's the big one, but oh like, no, no, I'm just going to. Lumber mill is shit. Oh, really? <laughs> I hate it. I went, I wanted to go there because 
it has multiple massive areas on it. Like instead of like the, the regular size spots in your mm-hmm. base to build stuff, right. Right. it has, it has the most amount of large spaces. So if you want to build large things, mm-hmm. like a large garden or whatever, it's the best. But what I realized when I took that over is that I can't build enough large stuff. Huh, true enough. Like, are not, not enough good large stuff. Here's a question for you. Yeah. I keep getting these books, either on uh, cooking, building, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But the thing is, when I click on it, the person just says, uh-uh. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you can't do it. Do I have to go into the building that supports this building thing and go, okay, I want to upgrade or do whatever. And then it takes the knowledge book out of your inventory and uses it or do you have to use it on yourself well the way the books work is everyone has a bunch of skills and that everyone has the same standard for skills so that's um and uh, wits fighting shooting i think shooting and wits stamina and, and stamina or endurance or i can't remember what it's called so yeah. those are the four skills that everybody has some characters come with a fifth skill if a character doesn't have a fifth skill, they're allowed to take one more new ability and they could take a book to learn a whole new ability. But if you've got five slots, mm-hmm. you can't learn anything new. But when, uh-huh. when you're looking for people, you might find someone that has gardening as their fifth slot mm-hmm. or a medicine or mechanics or I can't remember which other ones there are. Yeah, because mechanics I can't use because I don't, I was able to make like on my first level piece, I was able to make silencers. Yep. But on this one, I can't, for some reason I, I got a, you need, yeah, you need a guy that can work the workshop. Yeah. So, so I got to figure so, out who that is. Well, when you're recruiting, when you're looking for people to recruit, you can recruit, you can go find an enclave, a, a group of people, and you can individually recruit people away from their group. I've seen that and I wasn't too sure about it because it said it would break the group up. Yes. But But I didn't realize I was looking for their skills. Now throughout the game, you're going to get people that'll just ask to join you and that's fine. And you're not going to break up any groups, Right. but often I'll break up a group on the map specifically because one of those guys has a blank skill that I can train into whatever I want as long as I have the right book. Right. The other thing you can use the books for too, though, is if you have someone that does have gardening, for example, as their fifth skill, excuse me, they can read that book and get another star. Excuse me. So you can actually use the books to train people that already have those skills. So if someone's a mechanic, you can, that guy can read the mechanic book and get better at it. But you know, but you also get better by doing stuff in the base so every time someone's cooking a meal, the cook, if you have a cook and you cook a meal, that cook skill goes up. Oh, nice. Right. So if you have someone who's got a mechanical skill and every time you do something mechanical in the base, making bullets, making car parts or making um, car repair kits, that got that like at the base, there'll be a person assigned to each one of those things within your base based on what their skill is. 
See, I just, when I switch characters, I would try to go in and get this to work or that to work. But now I guess I'll have to go to each individual person in my group, see what they have for skills, see if they have an open slot and then use it that way. And then go to the book. Yeah. The other thing too, is if you have enough skill, you can actually make books. Like I've made gardening books in my garden. I go, I go to my garden, which I've, you know, I'll spruce up to level three or whatever, and then make garden books. Hmm. So that's another thing you can do. So sometimes it's handy to have extra books in stock for if your gardener was going out and fighting and dies. Right. But you made the gardening books, you can just train a new guy. So whenever you're talking to people, when you're talking to an enclave and you can trade with enclave, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You have the option of recruiting, which means... Uh, Sometimes it's grayed out. Yeah, sometimes it is. But it gives you the option of recruiting. And recruiting is they're going to work with you for a while until they decide to leave. So maybe if they're too hurt or you dismiss them, but they're going to help you, but they're not part of your group. No, I can't. I can't. You're I can't renting switch the guy. to them. Yeah. Yeah. You're renting the guy basically, but the, there's another option when you're talking to them that allows you to enlist, I think is what it's called. And it'll say costs so much influence and you can actually recruit them, break up the group. Uh, sometimes that doesn't bode well, I think, I think, <laughs> but you know, I do it all the time, but the other thing you can do now is you have prestige points. Yes. So we played that zombie horde side of it called Daybreak. Yes, that was another, that was different from the actual normal game. Yeah, so when you play when you play that, you get prestige points, which you can spend in the regular campaign. But one of the things you can do, so on the regular Xbox, you move down on your directional pad, and it allows you to see your character's stats. Mm-hmm. And if you just tab through you can see you have options where you can call for resources. So say if you're out of building materials, you can just call, say, hey, can someone help me find some more building materials or help me find more medicine? Right. And then your person that mans your, um, what the hell is it called? The tower thing in your base. Lookout? Look, uh, no, no. The radio in your base they'll radio around and see if they can find that particular material you're looking for. If it's materials or medicine or whatever. Right. And they'll come back and say, Hey, there's three spots you can look. You're probably going to find building materials in one of those three, three spots. It becomes a mission. You can go, uh, you spend influence, but I think it's like a hundred influence and it'll help you find a rucksack hmm. But on that screen. So there's fine resources and people. And then if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a whole thing based on prestige points in daybreak. So one is bring in a trader from daybreak. Mm-hmm. It's a red talon trader. And he's got the best shit, the shit that you get from daybreak, the special weapons that you unlocked in daybreak. Yeah. You know, when you get at the end, it says you've unlocked this for daybreak or you've unlocked this for state of decay. Okay. So if you unlock it there, then that means if you bring out a red talon trader, he'll trade those weapons, which are way better. But there's also recruit a red talon member that you can do, but you can only use prestige points to bring them in. You can only bring a trader, a, 
a red talent trader by using your prestige points. So that's brings a whole other level to the game. See, I'll, I'll see a trader and I'll go and I'll see what weapons he has. Yeah. And I will try. But that's just a regular trader. Yeah. But for like, for now, what I was doing is I was trying to get as much money as I could buy all the high-end weapons. He had like three rifles. They're usually some are semi-automatic or semi-automatic and whatever sniper. So I'll grab those. And, um, but the thing is, is it's, I'll go to another one and they'll say something about the price and says, you're ripping me off or something. And then there was another one to say that, you know, you're basically going to kill them or, or whatever it was. But were you buying from one trader and selling to another trader? No, no. I just go to a trader and, and pay whatever prices they wanted and then go to um, someone else that was there that was selling stuff. And then it would be like, I don't know. It wouldn't. They wouldn't buy. No, they just, they, it was kind of a negative thing. It was like, you can either fight them or. Yeah, that's. Berate them or something. It was like, well, what's the point of this? So basically in the end, you end up. That's a particular thing with that group, I think. Okay. Cause actually, so when you kill them, you basically get everything that's in their inventory. Yeah. So I was like, well, why did I pay all this money? (laughs) (laughs) Well, killing people is hard. Especially if you go out by yourself, right? a group, like when we're playing, there's four of us playing and right. we're fighting an enclave. And then the enclave only has three people and there's four of us. And we all have guns. <laughs> like they don't stand a chance, but when you're by yourself and you're being attacked by an enclave and then a horde of zombies comes. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucked. You are, you are screwed basically. Well, that was yeah. pretty intense. Like when I played that, that with you guys. Yeah. And I'd never played that before and I didn't yeah. really know what to expect. So it was like, okay, well, we're behind this fort. Uh, this yeah, guy's daybreak, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. This guy's trying to fix uh, antenna or something, rather. So it's like, watch my back. Oh, okay. We'll get like five waves of zombies with these, you know, it's just ridiculous. But see, the, the, the characters that we play in daybreak, those are red talon members. So if you're, for those like me that have played this from the very beginning, Red Talon's a faction like all the way back from the first game. Okay. And they're kind of this elite faction, but they're, they might be kind of considered bad guys or ruthless or maybe not. Well, they're wearing full, like, full riot gear. Yeah. Or well, they're, they're military, military gear. Right? Yeah. The military is kind of looked down upon a little bit in the games as in you guys are not doing anything to save us. So we have to save ourselves. We can't rely on the military to save us all. Right, it's got that whole thing going on storyline wise. So when you're playing Daybreak, you're playing Red Talon, and Red Talon are maxed out characters. All their stats are maxed out. Um, they're uh, some of them like some of them have combat medicine. Some of them have um, it's like uh, what the hell? I'm trying to remember now. I've recruited seven Red Talon, but. I've, I've spent all my prestige. So what I'll do is in a game of lethal, (laughs) right? Like, which is the hard level. I'll use my prestige points, call in a red talent member. I go find the red talent member and then he joins my, my community. Now I have a fully statted out guy who's maxed out. Hmm. You can do that. You have enough prestige points to buy at least one red talent, if not more. I'm going to have to look into that. 
yeah so that's yeah so just well whatever we're gonna play later i don't know if you're if you're able to join but mark's itching to play at eight o'clock uh, oh <laughs> that's the uh medicine alarm for our daughter uh. um but the red talon guys are like the best so and that you get those from daybreak so what happens with the red talon if you've maxed out a skill like fighting once you've maxed out your skill at fighting and it's at you've got seven stars in it and it, you can level it up i don't have you leveled anything any skills yet yeah and then it, it gives you the option to specialize in something and then i have to hit space to accept it it usually gives you two different options yeah. sometimes there are three Oh, well, yeah, sometimes, sometimes depending on, on what the stat is, but yeah, but yeah, I've, I've had those and love them. It depends up. what you're fighting with too, because if you're, if you're using a blade all the time mm -hmm. and fighting, it's going right. to offer you sword play or swordmanship or something like that as one of those options. So it depends if you're just using different weapons all the time, I think you might have less options, but if you specialize using just bladed weapons all the time with that character, right. It, it unlocks sword play, which is uh, your chance to decapitate or uh, slice off arms and legs is super, super high. And the skills you get with it are different. But your secondary skills, have you used any secondary skills? What do you mean by secondary skills? Well, it'd be a main skill. And then once it's maxed out, then you can get a secondary one if that's what you're talking right. about. The secondary skill gives you a second, a new attack, a new type of attack, which is a combo of two buttons. Oh, no. Oh, you got to look at that. So no. uh, one of them is a flying strike. So you can launch yourself at somebody. It might be a bladed weapon one. I'm not sure. No, it's not bladed. I don't think it matters. So you'll jump at somebody at a zombie yeah it's your running it's your attack button or no sorry your jump button whatever that is on the pc mm -hmm. and Space. your run button if you hit both of them together you'll do a running attack at them and generally it ends up being like a, a hit on the on the zombie's head oh um the other one is i think i think it's called grand slam which is basically you run up to the guy and once you get to the zombie you you bend over kind of spear the zombie and flip him over your back and he lands on his back on the ground meaning you can assassinate him right away oh that one is your your run and your regular attack button so i guess your left mouse button and your run button at the same time yeah i haven't i don't think i've run into that but you have to see which which one you unlocked it'll tell you which one it is and how what buttons to hit to do it Right. Trust me, when you do that, if you're surrounded by, so if I'm being attacked by three or four zombies, generally what I'll do, I, you always take the slam one. So if there's four zombies coming at me, I slam the first two so they're down, right? Count on the ground. And then I just can attack the other two while the other two are still trying to get up. So it gives me, instead of being surrounded by four and likely taking damage or being attacked from behind, I knock two of them to the ground. But there's another one which is based on your bladed weapons where you, I, I, I can't remember what the combo is, but you can slice off the legs. So you do, oh. you spin and do a sweep. You do a leg sweep with your- That'd be cool. And you chop both their legs off. So then they're <laughs> they're on the ground and they're prime for just doing an assassination on. And then there's another one, which is just a big freaking swing. I think it's based on using heavy weapons where you just spin like a helicopter 
And if you're surrounded, you hit all the zombies around you and they're all pushed back and a lot of them will fall. Nice. They're not dead, but at least it clears the room. Like if there's you're surrounded, you need to get the F out. Yeah. It's a, and then there's also a shove attack, which just shoves the zombie to push the zombie away from you. If you need, you know, right room. See the way it is now is I've got it set up. Well, I mean, the game's set up that way. It's, it's easy. There's only, like I said, if uh, my left click button swings, right click button aims, and then left click to shoot. So it's very simple. It's not like if you're playing, say, Hitman or one of those um, Tom Clancy's, uh, what's that uh, when they do? Splinter Cell or something like that, where they have like, okay, well, this button does this, and this button does that, and this button does it. Yeah. It's... <clears throat> Just, this is very simple, which which is nice. You don't have but to. You can make it a bit more complicated if you want. That's what I like. You don't, you don't like all those special attacks. You don't have to do them. No. You can just like attack. Like it's very simple, but you can be as complicated as you want, but you don't have to. Like that's what I like. It gives you the option. Right. I'm at the point where I'm doing all the special attacks all the time. Yeah, I've got it down to where I'm mostly running over them and anything that I don't, I'll jump out of the truck and I'll fire a shot in their head, and that'll be it. So I don't, like hand-to-hand, I don't do a whole lot of. Oh, second level for shooting. Mm-hmm. If you get shooting maxed out, second level for shooting is, uh, I think it's called dead aim or something like that. And what it does is you can you can get an auto headshot. So you hit whatever button is required. I can't remember which one it is. And what, what it'll do specific? is, well, you you're, you have your reticule or whatever it's called, like your, your X, your aim. Yep. Right. And then you can use usually use that to try to get a headshot. But if you hit the button, it auto zooms in on the head of the of the nearest zombie. And then if you fire right away, you get a headshot. Nice. You can take out a um a feral with a headshot with that. Yeah, Those usually guys that run on all wars. <laughs> yeah. Even trying to run them over, they they're pretty good at dodging. Unless you're going fast enough, then you can catch one, but yeah, those those guys can be tough. Like you got to be, you see the pattern that they do, and you can kind of anticipate. Like the, when they charge you, they they do they take well, two go- steps back before they charge you. So you know, as soon as they take two steps back, yeah. dodge forward, dodge right at them, and then they'll run right past you. Right. Huh. But I, Todd, I've played hundreds of hours <laughs> of this game, so oh, I can see where we in between. I, like I, a little, yeah. Like, I, I can I can see that. I mean, a Grand Theft Auto is like they 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 give you more of an array of things that you can do. Like you can fly, you know, your helicopters and your planes and 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 all that stuff and boats and. But th- this here is kind of like you know, get a vehicle. It's it's a land vehicle. And you and you drive and you, it's very, it's fun. It is fun. It's uh, it's nice to have those different modes and it's nice to have be able to have different groups. So if you want to try out, you know, different areas without disbanding the original group that you had, so you can always go back to it, right? Now it says, I remember seeing when I started another group, it said I survived so many days. Now that part I don't get. So what happens as the days go up? Does does the horde get better and then you have to kind of build your base up to be able to defend to it? Or is there any relation to that at all? Well, that's what the, so so right now mark sylvie and i were talking about there's an accomplishment for playing i think 100 days in the game on dread or harder i think it is 
So dread's like the middle level of right. uh, five levels. I think there's five levels of, di- of difficulty. I think. And you can switch at any time with any group, right? What switch difficulty? Like, you mean? Yeah. If you do, it starts your game over again. You keep all your supplies. You keep, I think, all your people. But you kind of started because I did the same thing. I was playing and it was too hard and I was playing by myself and the game, certain parts of the game work way better with playing co-op with other people. Right. Because if you're playing co-op, you can have up to four people playing with you at a time. The most you can generally have is three people with you at a time if you're playing solo. Like you recruit somebody from an enclave to help mm-hmm. you temporarily, and then you make sure you partner up with someone from your own base. Right. That gets you. That only gets you three people, but and they're they're not going to be awesome. Like they're as awesome as their skills are. Right. So if they got shitty skills, then I'm curious what it be what it would be like, you know, to go up a level. But I don't really want to lose anybody. And they that's go up probably what would happen. What's that? Go up a difficulty level? Yeah. Well, once you finish the game, you can start the game over and you decide what difficulty you're going to play. Okay, because I'm on normal right now. Yeah. So when, yeah, when you complete the game, every survivor that survived, every one of your community that survives, right? you can put them in a, um, I don't know, I call it a jar. But all you get to save all those characters. But you have to pick, you can pick new characters to start a new game right away. Or right. you can take three existing characters that you've already leveled up. Right. Bring with you. So you could start with three, like just statted out characters to bring with you. Hmm. It's your choice. I want to try and use those uh, special points to get that special weapon or to get one of the, uh, the military guys. Yeah. It's worth in my group. It's worth to do. So yeah, that's on the screen where it says find resources, people, but it's all the way at the bottom. There's also something called the independence pack, <clears throat> which is awesome. And what if you open up that, so that's still on that same screen that has fine resources, people and the, uh, the prestige point stuff or the daybreak mm-hmm. stuff. It allows you to open up the independence pack. And in the independence pack is you can bring, I want a car and I need a car. Now you can spend your, prest- your, not your prestige points, your influence points, your stars, and I want a car right now. I think it's like 500 uh, points and it'll be fully stocked car, full gas, no damage. And you can call it at any time. So it parachutes into the game. Oh, see that. I see. I've got like you, you three... spend those points like on stuff and like that's handy. Like I've got three parking spots. I've got one vehicle. I actually looked um, to the gas station that was on one side of me. I went, "Hey, there's one of those trucks with the uh, with the with the snowplow thing in the front." So, I've, so I went and grabbed that. So now I've got two vehicles. Mm-hmm. Now, if I say say if I didn't have a vehicle or I had one, I want to get a different one. You pretty much have to walk around to find one, or you can call it in with your independence back. Okay. And what it does, it air it airdrops the vehicle. There's three vehicles available. There's the Berminator, I think it's called, which is a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. I think the Brogan is one of the other ones that's dropped. And then the third one is the meat wagon. 
Meat so they all have their own special skill. So you, there's a button to hit the horn on your vehicle. Yep. Well, depending on the vehicle you have, the horn does different things. So on the Brogan Trekker, I think it's the Brogan Trekker. It's the hatchback one. If you do that, fireworks shoot out of your car. Oh, great. It doesn't hurt the zombies, but if you need to pull zombies away from somewhere, they'll follow you. Yeah, I've got I got firecrackers and fireworks and uh, other things. Like I even have a radio, I guess, that, that they give you. I haven't tried the radio yet. But it's nice to set that down in a field somewhere and then you kind of see them coming. And, okay, and then you kind of pick them off one yeah. by one. No, exactly. But uh, the meat wagon drops meat. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> Your hornage drops meat on the road that attracts the zombies. So the zombies go and go eat the meat. Right. And then the Berminator... Uh, flames come out of your vehicle, I think. So if there's any zombies around, they'll catch on fire. Hmm. So like these are all, but these are like statted out vehicles, like they're second level vehicles that have been upgraded. That's pretty cool. If you want a third vehicle, that's a second level vehicle. There you go. Well, I just drive this military one around that's got like cages around the windows and oh, stuff. Yeah. The military is like a second level vehicle already. Yeah. So I, I can't, it says I can upgrade it. But I, like you said, uh, I got to find someone who has either the mechanic skill or one that doesn't have a skill that can add one and then have them uh, read the book and then hopefully they're able to upgrade the vehicle. Yep. But you need, yeah. So a second level, I think a, a second level, are you, you need a big square to be able to build a um, like auto shop. Now, one thing you'll find with the bases, different bases have pre-built stuff in them. Right. So when you're looking for another base, make sure you see what that base has. It'll have, have pre-built stuff in it. Some One of them will have a pre-built auto mechanic shop in it. It's already there. Okay. It, it's probably one of the garages. Yeah. I, or, it, or, yeah. Um. And then, you know, some of them have towers already pre-built in them or guard. Yeah, I, I had a question on that, like water towers and, and uh, power stations yep. and whatnot. You're allowed to have so many of these little places, right? Like two? Yep. So how do you decide? More than that, but oh. you start with two. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I've got one. What I did is it was a tower or something. Or, you know, I put it on the other side of the map. That way... I don't have to drive all the way to the base to drop off stuff. Cause I mean, I'm carrying stuff. I got stuff in the trunk. I'm trying to get as many rucksacks because those are the main things that show up for your building materials and your first aid and your food and all that stuff. Those are probably the more important ones. Yep. So anything that's not in, that's in the trunk that doesn't pertain to that, I usually have to drop it. So now you're, you know, you're dropping valuable stuff and then you have to drive all the way to your base uh, to be able to drop it off. Now, is there uh, anything in the game that says, okay, you know what? I'm on the other side of the map. I want to dump my rucksacks off to the main base. Can I just do a, like what you say, when you're calling for a car or you're calling for, like, can you call a cab? <laughs> say, here, take these <laughs> to the base. <laughs> or, or talk to one of your characters well, says, you know, I, take the vehicle. I'll stay here. I'll wait for you. Rucksacks are probably the most valuable thing in the game. So I think that's maybe why you have to take them back. Right. That'd be my guess. Yeah. I'm just trying a... to see. Um, 
Oh, stated a K three two. But I'll bring an extra person with me. I mean, if for nothing else, just to carry gear. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that but but that's the thing. What I always try to have the biggest the 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 vehicle with the biggest trunk with eight spots. And all I use that for is rucksacks. Right. Collect eight, you go back home. The only thing I, I don't store the other stuff in the car because I'll just build an outpost somewhere. But the other thing is you can actually have as many as eight outposts, but you have to upgrade your um the hell is it called your um i was actually trying to look it up just now eight outposts like other than your main one well you're you have your community like your base right? oh okay basically your is your base right you can have up to eight outposts but you only have two because you need to upgrade your what the hell is it called your radio your station your the little radio station at your base you know what you upgrade I, I, if you upgrade that to level two, you get another one. Okay. Cause I upgraded it one time because I was like, Oh, I can upgrade this. Yeah, I didn't know I arrow, could. So I went, Oh, okay. So I did that. So I guess I must have gained an extra one. Yeah. Otherwise then, I would have known. Next thing you want to do is you add mods. So there's mods you can add to each thing within your base and a mod gives you whatever. So for example, there's a pallet mod. And if you add a pallet mod to your storage, it gives you a, more storage. Yeah, I got a cooler. I think I got a generator. Yeah. I've got uh, different things. But we I haven't found, installed them yet. But We found one that adds two. But also, certain members of your community can add things. Specifically, if you get Red Talon guys or Red Talon people. Right. So the Red Talon people, uh, one of them, their skill is you can, I don't know, you can have hold more resources in your base but another one i think is it gives you another outpost so there's two mods one within your base i think that allows you another one so i think there's a person that can give you more based on their skill set and i think there's a mod somewhere in your base that gives you another one and then you have the mod that goes on your radio tower or whatever it's called in your base that adds two so that could give you up to eight and when mm. you have eight outpost spots, like I, I always keep a spot or two open that depending on where I'm at, oh, I'm full. Create an oh, outpost where I am, dump all my shit. Right. But for outposts, you want to make sure. So some base have their own water supply. Some have their own electrical supply. And those are probably the ones to look for. Yeah, but I mean, base-wise, like you might have a base that already has something that provides electricity or water or if i use a mod or if you use a mod right so there's three different ways or an you either have it get an outpost yep. or use a mod so there's three different options for the same thing i really like that about the game you're not just one way to do it and then that's it so but right. the outpost is the easiest way to get water or power to your base or food or ammo or beds. If you don't have enough beds, you can use an outpost to give you two extra beds. Right. Huh. I think I want to grab but, the weapons. Oh yeah, sorry. The other the other upgrade for outpost was one of the enclaves that your friends that you become friends with. If you become mm -hmm. friends with them, they will give you an extra outpost spot. I think. I believe that's how that works. Hmm. 
So uh, th- that's the thing. There's so many layers to this game. I'm still, I'm still figuring, like finding stuff out. Like, well, I'm learning a lot right now just by things that I didn't realize. So I gotta, I gotta try and get these, these guys uh, use those points that I have. But you know, when you're... my weapons and maybe get one of the guys. I, I can't remember how many points I have because I haven't. I don't think I've used them since we played uh, that uh, that level because we we played it the first time we did it. Um, I think Sylvia log got kicked out somehow and. Oh yeah, she didn't I, get anything. <laughs> and then I think the guy that was mining the radio station or, or trying to uh, to get it going, I think he died. So then that that one didn't work. But then we did it twice after that, and we we, we won both times. Yeah, all seven, get, five. Even waves if you only seven. do one wave, you still get something for it. You still get prestige. But there, that's prestige points. So if you go and play in Sylvie's game or my right. game or my game, you get influence, which is the stars, which is your money. Your regular right. money. And if you play in someone else's game, it's totally worth it to play in someone else's game. They make it worthwhile because A, you get prestige, or some mm-hmm. not prestige, sorry, you get influence. So, you know, every time that person cre- does a mission, 200, does another mission, 200. Uh, for every time a feral is killed, you know, you might get 50 or 20 or whatever it is. It all depends on the level, right? Right. Um, you get less prestige the harder the level it is, I believe. Or maybe you get more. I can't remember. Hmm. But that, like, not sorry, I keep calling it prestige, but it's actually influence. And influence is your cash in the game. So it's worthwhile playing in someone else's game because when you come back in, you get a multiplayer rewards as well. Right. You get it for just free gear hmm. all the time. So, and the longer you play, so if you. The idea is if you can play super long in someone else's game, which is hard to do because if all of your people get injured and they're all on life support, like they're all dying, you can't, and you can't, you can't play anyone else because you're for fear that you're going to lose somebody. They're going to die. You go back in your game and it gives you a multiplayer reward for how long you played. So if you played, you can get, I don't know how many levels. I, the most I've ever gotten was four, I think. But invariably, you have to go back to your game to put people in your, in your, to, to heal or they're right. infected and they need to go to the hospital. Right. So it's, it's hard to play a long time in someone's game, but the longer you do it, the, the, like you get massive, massively great rewards. Everything's yeah. part of Rucksacks. See, with me, when I'm, when I'm gaming, it depends. Cause normally when I'm playing Grand Theft, it's like all, play for 10 minutes and then uh, get up and do something and then i'll just pause it whereas this there is no real pause well because you hit escape but it's like you're still it, the game's still on oh well, that's because you're a multiplayer if you turn your multiplayer off you can pause oh because mine it's whatever mine is at like i don't know well, i got you to change it so we could actually get into your game oh okay yeah, but you go back and change your multiplayer Right. change your multiplayer to no, I don't want anybody to play with me then it allows you to pause because they don't want you to pause the game if other people are in your game because then they can't play well yeah it'd be like same with Grand Theft Auto Online like you can't there's no pausing yeah, yeah. Now you're in the multiplayer yeah. game yeah exactly it's the same same concept yeah I see so, yeah because because some of that I'll play for an hour and then I'll go do something else or I'll play for 10 minutes or yeah. uh mm-hmm. and then if I play with you then I'm, I'm there for a bit but um 
they yeah, just turn that multiplayer off because I like to I like to play for ten minutes and then you know do a mission and come back. Right. you know maybe do another mission like sometimes i'll do that because it just the loading i mean it doesn't take long for the game to load but right you also you can screw up your saves like you need ideally if you're in the middle of a mission you should finish it before logging out well yeah it'll say you're, you're going to lose out on whatever that you didn't complete well i didn't know i was completing anything <laughs> yeah well, that's just the default but as long as you go back to your base and like some missions have like more than one step to it. The mission might be go talk to so-and-so you go talk to so-and-so they want a rucksack of materials, Will you right. get to give them the rucksack. And then you're like, Oh, thanks for the rucksack. Can you go check on my buddy? He was at the red garage and I got to make sure he's alive. So that's part three of that mission. And then you go get him, and he's like, okay, well he's alive. Well, he doesn't want to come back. Well, then your other mission is you got to go back and convince them to come back and like there might be like a three or four part mission so that right. can screw that up and it is glitchy when it comes to that that is oh. i've had missions where the guy's invisible so try and finish your mission as much as you can yeah before you log out yeah but the other thing i realize and, and maybe it's different on the pc but the xbox is always on and when you x out of a game right i don't think you really x out of the game because the loading times are very quick Cause I don't think you ever really shut the game down unless you consciously go and say close game. Uh, I guess on the Xbox it, it works that way. Like if I, if I click on the, on the windows icon and then I think it's G a thing comes up and it shows the multiplayer stuff. It shows if you guys are there, it'll show, Oh, you're, you're playing Netflix. It, it'll actually show me what you're doing, okay. <laughs> which, yeah. which is kind of like, well, that's kind of, you know, telling people what you're doing. Oh, but you can change. If it's okay, then I guess yeah. that's all right. But but you can just have it be so your friend, only your friends see you. Like yeah. we have it set that way. Right. And then we also have it set like occasionally, like I just want to play. I don't want to play with anybody and I'll just mark myself as offline. So nobody sees that I'm online. Right. You have those options. But um, what was I going to say? I can't remember. Anyway, we got a cab. It's almost eight o'clock. Okay. But there's a state of decay three is in development. There's Ooh. a, a an, but simultaneously with that, there's a massive expansion coming to state of decay two, which uh, is uh, plague zone areas. I think I can't remember what they're calling it. Like but more maps or uh, different or different type of gameplay, different type of gameplay. So instead of, if you have a clump of plague hearts, that are re relatively close to each other, it creates a plague zone. Okay. And you cannot put an outpost in a plague zone unless you take out the plague hearts that are clustered around that area. And the entire area is a red haze. Oh, lovely. We can make, we can make it hard to see, probably on harder levels. Right. But I don't know if they're adding something else, but I could see them at higher difficulty levels, if you don't put an outpost in a certain part of the map that a plague heart can spawn. And now you can't put an outpost in that part of the map anymore. So I think but, the outposts are going to prevent the outbreak of plague hearts. Hmm. Cause I think in certain levels, I think if you, if you're not taking out the plague hearts regularly, I think they can grow. Like I think more of them can pop up. 
but I'm not sure of that. Like I'd, I'd like to test that theory and see, but I haven't gotten rid of all my plague of hearts on the map um, yet, but I know that, you know, I'll, I'll have a couple grenades and stuff and I'll throw it in there and that'll take the brunt of, of it. And then after that, just, you know, just shoot them. And yeah. I read somewhere that, yeah, you just get rid of the, uh, the zombies around the house where the plague heart is first. And then as soon as you start hitting the plague heart, ignore anything else that comes in, just keep shooting it because once that dies, anything that's coming in will die also. Yes. All the plague zombies die once the plague heart. Right. Killed. And I read that. And I went, ah, that's good to know. It's like they're feeding off of the plague heart or something, I guess maybe. Right. Otherwise you're wasting your time and you probably end up getting infected by, you know, just trying to stave the other ones off. The you shotgun know. does a lot of fucking damage. So what we do for a plague heart, multiple, like usually on, I think on your level, I think you can throw a grenade as long as your grenade is very well placed and you can fire a few shots of your shotgun and it's that it's done. Ooh, I haven't tried the shotgun because shotgun does more a lot of damage. Guy. <laughs> but there's a shotgun that we have that, that we unlocked from gameplay that has right. 30 shots. Ooh. Clip. So if you got one of those, like you're laughing. Well, I got to get one of those uh, military wanderers or whatever, where I can, you know, grab the gear, the high end gear. So I might look into that. Yeah. The red. Talon. So, so yeah, yeah check, check that. So it's called red talon uh, trader. I think it's called red talon trader. Okay. And, if I can't and, figure it out, I'm sure. I'm, it'll say to call it, it'll say how many prestige points you need to call it. And then there's also recruit red talent member. Right. And they're both kind of on the bottom. So you might not see it unless you scroll down. Like we didn't even see it there. Or it may say, or it may say daybreak trader or daybreak recruit daybreak or something like that. It's going to have one or two, one or the other in the title. Okay. But yeah, like if you want someone that's fully, you know, geared up and they have great gear too. They come in with fully statted out, the Red Talon guys. Right. Maxed out abilities. Uh, potentially, like if you max out your fighting, you get one skill for it. Like one special attack skill. But these right. guys have more than one special attack skill. They can have two or three different special attack skills. Right. So they can do like the running, the running attack. They can do the body slam and they can do. Now, can you take them over? Can you switch to that character? Yeah. Red yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But you got to play. Yeah. I get it. Play daybreak to have enough points. And well, you, you went through twice. Yeah. I should have enough at least for some times. weapons. So you'll have, <laughs> you'll have enough to probably recruit two guys or two, oh. two people. Wow. And then, you know, if you want to get that next next up base and you're a little shy of people, just recruit two red talents. There you go. And there you go. Shit. All right. Well, I'm going to go. It's eight. Okay. Mark wants to play tonight. All right. And uh, if, uh, if you want to uh, join us, then just yeah. hop on. Yeah. I'll see what's, what's, what's going on here. So, yeah. I'll let you know if, right. uh, if I'm on. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye.